Hi, I'm Ruby. And I'm Cody. And, and this, this is the swirl. the swirl. Ruby, my friend, I think about love a lot. Yeah? Uh, I do. Um, and not just in like the sliding doors kind of way, like when will this great love enter my life or how will we spend our end days together? Mm-hmm. And then I saw this video on Facebook and my mind is blown, literally blown. So there it, <laughs> like glass, perhaps like glass blown. Actually, it's this bl- <laughs> it's this blown glass dildo. Yes, we're thirty seconds in. We're getting started. Like, can we just hold up for a second? You send me the weirdest shit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, like literally, like I get messages from you across all different kinds of ways and and they don't have any context yeah like it's just um it is before 10 a.m in the morning and there are glass dildos being sent to me by cody (laughs) and not only is it glass dildos they are glass dildos they're special they're 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 special glass dildos explain this wasn't just any blown glass dildo (laughs) the dildo held the ashes of the person's dead lover. It was this memory box for widows, and it had, like, a scent diffuser, and it had a speaker box for your favorite jams, which we're, we're going to dive a little deeper into in just a moment. And so the scent diffuser is supposed to have this, the scent of your former lover? Mm-hmm. I'm trying very hard not to be judgmental. But um, here's the thing. Like, it also had it also had this tiny... The thing that got me was it had this tiny compartment for your treasured mementos. And I'm just imagining a woman lying on her back, you know, spinning the hits. Oh, my God. And she looks over and there's, like, the photo of them, like, hiking Mount Tam. I don't know. I don't know if this is the proper mechanism. And a man created it, and it it's a, it looks like a casket, and it's this casket with a glass blown dildo in it. Yeah, and it just I don't know. We're in this really weird space right now in the world where <laughs> we we need more things that will connect us to each other. Yeah, not things that sort of like keep us from connecting with other people. <laughs> I'm not of the mindset that once a person passes away that, like, your sexual being goes with them or that, like, you can't reach back into the spank bank and be like, man, that person's dead, but I really did like when he did the triple underhook thing. But I just don't, I don't understand, I don't know, I don't know if this is necessary. Yeah, so I'm trying I don't know that I need, I don't know that I need to see someone's cremated ashes inside of a dildo as it's entering. Right. So, so again, I'm trying not to be judgmental. One, because how people process their grief is none of my damn business. Mm. And so I feel like, well, right. But I feel like if (laughs) this is something you feel like would make you feel better, I feel like you should do those things because grieving is complicated and losing someone who used to be your lover, I would imagine is very difficult. Mm. Um, also I try not to judge people's kinks um so if this is something that you feel like you want to do because it gets you off i think you should do it because it's not hurting anybody i hadn't considered that it was a kink yeah like i mean that was one of the things that came to mind for me is like maybe that's something that you'd be into not you specifically you in general um so i I, i'm not i i'm trying not to judge this 
in general. I can say it's not for me. Okay. But I do think, like, it is a, it's an interesting conversation. It's kind of complicated when someone who was your lover passes away. And, um, you know, especially I think about people who lose people unexpectedly or very young. And maybe that's a way to, I don't know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, as long as you're not hurting anybody, right? Like, I, I feel like true. you should do whatever you need to do to get through, yo. But speaking of sad, depressing sex. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to laugh about this so I'm, like, so ready to laugh about this because I... It's some schadenfreude up in this bitch right here for this next conversation. <laughs> Our two well, favorite... America's favorite couple. Uh, the... Uh, <laughs> and that, and we say that without a hint of sarcasm. The Kushners, um, the, the Ivanka Kushners. and Jared Kushner. <laughs> they recently, they recently had a playlist of theirs made public. Um, so Ivanka Trump made a playlist on Spotify, and Huff Post senior reporter Ashley Feinberg found it, and it is apparently Jared and Ivanka's. 21 minute sex playlist yes we can only assume if you have a 21 minute uh playlist with some of these songs on it that you're using it to get a little bump and grind on but it is a really um it's a sad collection of songs (laughs) it is i don't imagine sex is happening to this like i'll accept that soaking is happening yeah yeah like you you know you know do, do, do you think the listeners know what soaking is uh, I'm assuming you mean in a bathtub together. If no, you're meaning something no, no, else, oh god, no. Am I um, about to learn about something like glass dildos right now? <laughs> you gonna learn today? Damn it! Um, <laughs> soaking, soaking is happening. What is soaking? So there's this uh, there's this thing that spread in the Mormon colleges where the young adults are supposed to be saving themselves from marriage, but they are uh, the men in the men are inserting themselves into the women and just sitting there. Like they're just laying like there's no thrusting. So they enter and they just sit and stew. Oh my God. I hate American puritanical (laughs) values. I hate them. Why is why? Why? But that apparently is not sex. I would rather not have sex than do that. Again, I have never won at a game of just the tip. Every time. Every time. I couldn't be trusted So. I knew when this this episode started with glass dildos filled with ashes that this was only going to get weirder. (laughs) This playlist lets me know that these two may may have sex through a hole in the sheet. And I've been wondering about Jared because he has very soft features. Yeah. Like, if someone told me that Jared was making the transition to Caitlyn, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, they seem super vanilla. Um, They also seem super, like... Uh, so I, so this might be like a socioeconomic thing. Like I feel like rich people, like especially like the two of them, like they kind of have to marry within their their status. Like you know, like Ivanka wasn't going to marry like a bartender from like some Manhattan club. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she definitely oh, had indeed. to marry a certain kind of person. And so I think a lot like their marriage to me reads as like. We kind of didn't have other options, and of the options we had, you were the best. And, like, you'll put up with my weirdness, I'll put up with your weirdness, it's fine. 
Like, that's what it feels like. And so, like, I can't imagine that sexually they're super, like, into each other. Um, or that the sex is good. Um, and so, like, whereas, and as, and not to, like, compared to, like, the Obamas, like, the Obamas, like, looked at each other, like, that's my man. That is my woman. I love that person. And so, Or depending on the environment, when you get home tonight, you are in trouble. Right, right. Like, you could tell that they were, like, hot-blooded human beings, whereas I, like, I can't get a read. I could see Barack Obama having a cigarette after. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just, I could. But, you you know, the one, the one thing that I think about with this is, like you said, if, if you think that money makes you happy, this, this playlist is exhibit A for why it is not. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, I'm, uh-huh. And I am someone who admittedly romanticizes relationships. And I think, you know, I'd like to think that relationships are more like the notebook and that there's these, like these grand sweeping gestures. When in reality, it's more like sitting on the couch competing to see whose fart is more lethal, right? Literally, I hope you could feel my eyes roll to the back of my head when I you said that the, the, yeah. the relationships are like the notebook, especially long-term ones. They're really not. But like, honestly, there's two freaking John Legend songs on here. Like, and, and, and I actually want to know, what of, of these songs, which one of these is the most <laughs> offensive to you? Because there is one on here that offends yeah. me so much, it makes me want to gag. But the fact that... Well, all of me is super saccharine. So let let's just let me tell let's the audience. Let's just go. Yeah, let's go oh, one by one and commentate comment on <laughs> So there's two John Legend tracks, All of Me and Ordinary People, which is like Ordinary People is very much like, "Oh, I'm going to accept you for your faults and we're not perfect." But again, I I don't I don't know where the passion comes from. Yeah. And then it's like the dentist next, the, waiting rooms kind of yeah. music ordinary people is. And then the next track is When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars, mm-hmm. which on its face is is fine, but that's a song about somebody messing up. Again, I don't know that I'm finding my rhythm and my stroke. Yeah. Uh, number four is James Blunt, You're Beautiful, which I thought America, I thought we understood that was a joke. Like, I thought we understood that that was, that's built for car commercials. This and, song. <laughs> and like insurance song. companies. I am so offended that this song is on their playlist. This song, <laughs> like, the fact that this is on this play, like, I don't, who in 2017 is listening to this song? Like, yeah. what, wh- I just don't they should, understand. They shouldn't have been in 2005 when it was out. Exactly. Okay. And, and then and the last uh, Adele's, song. Adele's when, uh, Adele's when we were young, which, is the equivalent of like Muzak, you know, like that album is it's fine, but it's just like I there's nothing about Adele's music that makes me want to get busy. Yeah, I uh, is this is this, is this a sleepy time track? Right, like I like listen, I I don't like them, and so sure. I don't. It's really... not about like, but here's the thing: it's not about them. Right, right. I don't give a flying <laughs> fork like if this is there, but like. I hope for them as humans that this is not like, I hope this is like their dinner playlist or something right. that's playing. Like, because this is not, no, 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 no. Like, so I'll admit that like, we don't listen to music as part of our situation. It's like not part of what we do. And so I don't really have a song list that I would like be bumping and grinding to. But, um, is that why you asked me for suggestions? Well, okay. Right. Cause, yeah, because I was like, oh, maybe she wants me to, like, help. No, no, we don't need help. Do you, We're good. No, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> you, 
I have Club Coco for a reason. I, no, I, listen. I, I, do, I do this. Well, I trust you to curate Tom's, <laughs> but I will say before you drop some knowledge and, and elevate my musical living, when we first started dating, we have a giant um, bathtub, and we used to get into the tub together a lot and listen to Nora Jones's uh, debut album. And okay. so for me, like, it was not a, it was not, a, we didn't like bump and grind to it, but like, it was like, Wine in the bathtub with some candles, okay? You guys were literally soaking to Lone Star. That's why when you said soaking, I was like, oh, I know, like, in our bathtub, you're right? Like, oh, I've done this. No, I have not different. done that it's other, different. whatever that shit you're talking about. Yeah. And then, um, but, and then I would say, like, if I went further back into college, like, because when you live in a dorm or a place where there's shared walls, you do need some music to cover up. But I live on two acres, like, I can scream as loud as I want. Oh, yeah. So, um, the Britney album... That has toxic on it. There's a song. In the zone. Yeah, and now I need to look up what the song is. But there is a is song. It Touch of my hand. Hell or? yeah, touch of my hand. I don't even need to look that shit up because Cody knew what I was talking about. That song is hot as hell, and uh-huh. I will admit that there were a couple guys in my twin bed, not at the same time. Sure. That, <laughs> to be clear, that um we may have made out to touch of my hand. So now, okay. what, so I guess what I'm saying is I am not an expert at this, but I will say that none of this music would be ever played while I was getting it on in the bed. So I would like you to, to elevate my musical life okay so one of my best girlfriends and i uh i've made her this it's a it's we call it the stripper mix Uh, so so it's one of my like hidden spotify playlists and i update it all the time for her so she can go have fun with her gentlemen we might need Um, to unhide this or make a version that is public (laughs) but this is exactly why i don't share my itunes playlist uh you know like when somebody looks at my my computer or my phone and this is why like Club Coco is meticulously curated because Jared Ivanka's track list is a bland, unseasoned chicken look into how sad their relationship is. Uh-huh. And I just, uh, I was thinking about uh, the whole playlist thing. So I, was, I looked at a couple websites like Cosmopolitan and Lifehacker and GQ, and they have, the, apparently, like for blogs, this ends up being a great topic. But what they define as sexy is way subjective to me. And what bugs me is that every website seems to think that John Legend's All of Me is appropriate. No. 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 And then Jared and Ivanka, like, their wedding song was This Year's Love by David Gray. Which so they, I love David Gray. Don't you hate on David Gray? I, I like as well. But again, I just feel like they have this, like, maudlin aesthetic. Yeah. So it was making me think about um, my personal, like, I like having music. Okay, okay, Uh, okay. I don't necessarily have a playlist, but I have a few Uh go-to artists and things like that to kind of set a mood. Uh Uh-huh. But I also have songs and artists that, like, immediately take me out of the game. So, like, if R. Kelly came on... Oh, yeah. Or Rihanna's Stay, which is a part of, like, a bad breakup. Yeah. Like, that will immediately, like, make me shrivel up. So, or like, if an artist is dead, I'll think of that and like shudder, and I'm oh. all of a sudden like spaghetti. Jones. I think that's part of why the glass dildo doesn't work for you. Death in oh. you, not so much. This is yeah. interesting though because I think about this when I curate my lists for playing yoga classes because I think a lot about music. Music is very powerful, and a lot of us have certain emotions attached to it, and you don't want to take somebody out of their head. You know, right. like you don't want them to be like in a space of yoga where they're breathing and they're relaxed and then play like the song their grandmother played like for them whenever they stayed at their grandma's house and have them feel super attacked. Agreed. 
Agreed. So, no, yeah. you're right. So it's it's I, hard. So what I notice about this playlist is there isn't a, there's a lack of like a subtle soft beat to groove to. Yes. So what I'm thinking of in just a few suggestions for folks, like obviously like a Sade or like mm. Janet Jackson's Anytime, Anyplace. Okay. Or Kelly Rowland's Motivation or Bobby Caldwell's Which You Won't Do for Love. Like you need something that will like tie you to the music and the person at the same time mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you're trying to like, you're trying to catch a beat. Now, I don't know how like you white people learn, but R&B <gasps> isn't, R&B ain't called soul music for nothing <laughs> because like one time, like I was hanging out with somebody and they were trying to play like the XX and Bonnie Bear. And I was like, this ain't working. Like I yeah. can't double time to like heart skip the beat. Like I can't. <laughs> Yeah. I F at a higher BPM rate than this. <laughs> right. I think about running. Like when you're running to a song that doesn't have a lot of beats per minute and you're like, I could go and you go faster when like yeah. the song's a banger. So I don't know. So maybe, maybe I'll have to curate a little list for some, some people because. More than maybe you definitely have to. I feel like this is a skill that you have been waiting to share with the entire world. And so I'm ready. My body is ready for you to make me a bump and grind um, a banger list, a literal banger list. <laughs> the Kushners need me. Uh. Listen, in more ways than one. <laughs> God dang you. Yeah. All right. May we'll all be back <laughs> in just a moment with this week's Here For It. And do better with your sex playlists, Ivanka and Jared. Do better. <laughs> Thank you, people. Life is too short to have bad sex. Hell yes. <laughs> We're back. And we're back. And Cody, all of me loves all of you. No. <laughs> There's some parts of me nobody should love. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. It's a, it's a, it's a mess around here. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate you for that. And, I, and I'm always interested to know what you're into, what you're here for. So please share with me. What you're here for this week. Um, This week, I am all about Bright Lights, which is a documentary film about Carrie Fisher and her mother, Debbie Reynolds, that was filmed and completed just before they each passed away last December. And um, it's on HBO On Demand, and it is fantastic. I actually, um, I love Carrie Fisher. I was all about the Carrie Fisher life, but I was not a super fan. I haven't read any of her books. Um, I'm not into Star Trek. Um, I'm so sorry, Star Trek. Star Wars. Um, I'm not super into any of that stuff, but I do have a peripher- I did have a peripheral understanding of like Carrie's mental health struggles. And in the movie, um, aside from the things you learn about the mother-daughter dynamic, Carrie talks about her mental illness. And she talks about how she has two speeds, Roy and Pam. Roy is kind of her very up, happy, go lucky, no problems uh, mood. And Pam is the depressed, soft, wants to get into the nooks and crannies of life and hide in her bed. Um, and I totally related to that. I definitely have those speeds of Roy and Pam. And so I very, I felt very seen um, during that particular part of the movie. Um, and even better, at the very end, uh, Carrie's getting her nails done. And she says this wonderful quote. She says, you know what would be nice? If I could get to the end of my personality and just lay in the sun. And I thought... Mm-hmm. God, Carrie Fisher, that is exactly how I feel. I've had this personality my whole life, and it would be so nice to just get to the very end of it and be able to just rest and lay in the sun. So um, it's a very intimate 
uh, it's a very intimate documentary. It was produced by Carrie's brother, Todd. He appears in it. Um, it's very behind the scenes about their uh, Golden Globes appearance where Debbie Reynolds was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, it's about how Debbie and Carrie live next door to each other. And it's just a very interesting um, piece of Hollywood history about the dynamics of mothers and daughters, as well as these two Hollywood icons who played big roles in some of the best movies of all time. So Bright Lights, it's on HBO on demand and I can't recommend it enough. It really was um, lovely and illuminating and very real and human and I'm about that life. So check out Bright Lights. That's awesome. I am so fascinated by documentaries in the sense that um, the Amy Winehouse documentary, yes. the various Kurt Cobain documentaries. Tell me about people who were documenting their lives before they knew they were going to be something. Yeah. And then it just so happens that they've they had these like amazing transcendent lives. So that to me is just unbelievable that people are having uh, their lives documented and that they're able to be shared with us after they're gone. And to see the human side of like these larger than life figures, you know, whether it's for their art that they've given us or for their personalities. Like we've talked about the Amy Winehouse one before, which is excellent. The Gaga documentary was fantastic. Just this reminder that there's human beings um, on the other side of that fame wall and what it must be like to have people think they know you even though they don't really. So, um, yeah, definitely I'm into those documentaries. Uh, so if you guys have any suggestions for other ones, let me know. I love that. I, I find a lot of creative uh, energy from watching um, those kinds of things. Cody, what are you into this week? And if it's peanut butter that's frozen, I'm going to come punch you. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to send you a text last night for, I got in late last night and for dinner I made a peanut butter jelly and banana sandwich, Ooh. which for some reason, like was everything I didn't know I wanted oh, yeah. in that moment. But I started cracking up and you know, I live alone <laughs> laughing by myself, which makes me question my sanity because I said the I said the phrase to myself, how can we make peanut butter more efficient? Uh -huh. And that to me is the it's the dumbest like it's it's the dumbest yet funniest thing I've ever said in my life. People have way too much time on their hands, man. How do we make <laughs> peanut butter more efficient? What are we making more efficient this week, Cody? Oh James? my gosh. Well no, <laughs> it's this is legit efficiency. I have been out at bars and clubs with my girlfriends over the years as I've been, you know, becoming a grown up. And I've witnessed them try to um, maneuver and, like, articulate with men that they're not interested to varying degrees. Yes. And, and the, the negotiation that has to happen, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you're not interested in the guy, you have to tell him that you have a boyfriend. If you're not interested in the guy, you have to say, like, oh, like, I'm in between situations. Mm -hmm. And, like, hope that he's not going to be a jerk about it or hope that he's not going to follow you to your car or whatever. Yeah. And I have a I have a girlfriend who one time we were we were on a vacation, and she ne she didn't tell me that when she goes to clubs she has a code name that she uses instead of her real name. So okay. her all of a sudden my friend Janie's name is Rachel. I mean like that kind of dramatically different. Okay. And I like walk up and I'm like Janie, and she's like, uh, not she wasn't acknowledging me. Like bitch who <laughs> bitch who's Janie? Yeah. I was like, you need to let me in. New so phone, who this? I think it's, exactly. So I think it's pretty amazing that there's this new thing called the Mary Sue Rejection Hotline. 
And when men call or text the number 646-926-6614, they will receive this message. Oh, hello there. If you're hearing this message, you've made a woman feel unsafe and or disrespected. Please learn to take no for an answer and respect the women's emotional and physical autonomy. K, thanks. So, this is this number, uh, 646-926-6614, women should feel comfortable sharing when uh, a man asks you for your number in a club. I or, you love know, that. So, um, literally, I think one of the special features of the the phone number is um, it texts people one hour after they message you, which essentially gives you enough time to get out of Dodge. Yeah. Um, And and again, I'm I'm here. I understand that not every situation can end with uh, someone being, um, you know, confronted and that sometimes it's just about getting to a safe space. So I'm hoping that women get to use that and and find themselves a little bit of breathing room. Oh yeah, I, I in this era of the Harvey Weinstein's and and uh, every other awful man right now, uh, it's important that you're finding ways to protect yourselves uh, and that we're that we are having conversations because ultimately. The saddest thing is that this exists. Right. Well, I was going to say, like... Everyone should be embarrassed that this exists. Well, I was going to say, like, I love that there's an opportunity to use rejection for education because I think, like, uh, in my heart of hearts, I I hope that men who still perpetuate this nasty behavior and are creepy as hell are doing it because they are unaware of how much it... how creepy it is and how unsafe it makes women feel. I know that that's not true, but in my heart of hearts, that's my hope. And so I think if we, like, give this, make this space so that we can at least say, like, yo, dude, you were being really fucking creepy, that maybe so- eventually someone will hear it, and that's one less person. And um, on Twitter, someone was saying, you know, literally every woman you know has been sexually harassed. It's more likely that they um, have been harassed or assaulted or in some way made felt uncomfortable by a man than they haven't. And that means that a lot of the dudes you know are per- perpetuating this kind of horrible behavior. And so it's mm-hmm. our job, not our job, I think women are already doing that work, but I think it's the job of men to like call their brothers out and be like, yo guy, that is not okay. Or like you're making her feel uncomfortable or this is unacceptable. Um, and I think that's the next conversation is having the dudes who are on our side speak up for us because that hasn't been happening. Right. So yeah, that's sure. awesome. I love that number. Uh, I don't go out to bars to get hit on, so I can't really use that. But like, yeah, I actually <laughs> I was going to start the conversation by asking like back in your day, but I realized that like you were a child bride, so you <laughs> might actually not have that context. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of that, and I didn't have a lot of online dating either. So like, I don't have a lot of that experience. But so I'm glad that there are people who are thinking of the um, antidote to some of that creepy ass behavior that y'all are dealing with out there. Good luck. Oh, for sure. When we return, we're going to have this week's Q&A. It's kind of ridiculous. Q&A. That is right. And I think that you're going to have a very specific feeling about this uh, because you are in a couple and I am not. So we'll be right back, everybody. And we're back. We're back. It is time for us to solve your problems very badly. Give it to me, Cody. Whose life are we going to change today in our Q&A? So this week's Q&A comes from Yvonne. Hey, Yvonne. Hey, Yvonne. 
And Yvonne writes, Dear Ruby and Cody, My boyfriend and I have been together for four months. I adore him. He's funny, considerate, and very manly when it comes to gender roles. I can always count on him to open my door, hold my umbrella, or order my favorite drink so it's at the bar when I arrive. Wow. It's a little... It's a little old-fashioned, but still appreciated. We made things official after three months of dating, and I've softly moved into his apartment. I was unpacking a box recently, and he stumbled across a photo of me with an old male friend from college. Since then, he's begun asking questions about not just the men in my life, but how many people I've slept with. Is it normal to divulge that kind of information? I don't have that many sexual partners, but I also don't want to tally off my list in front of him either. How do I let him know that he has nothing to worry about and that the past is past? Signed, Yvonne. Um, okay. I have some feelings. Okay. <laughs> um, holy, holy insecurity, Batman. Well, right. So, I mean, again, I always think it's funny because I always want to know more information, right? So, like, I think that this question depends on some things. I think, one, it depends on how old you are, okay? So, like, I think if you are over 30, I think the answer to this question is that you are not in any way, shape, or form required to give a number to somebody. I feel like in general that probably is true, but if you're younger, um, I feel like it's less of a, like, oh my god, like, I don't want to tell you thing, because you're 20-something, and, um, and even if you've slept with a ton of people, like, you're young, whatever, who cares? Um, but I think, like, over a certain age, like, you've been out in the world dating for a while, so it's probable that you've had partners, right? Right. And unless... And unless you have some kind of um, uh, venereal disease or some kind of, like, sexually transmitted thing, I don't know that it's, like, really that important to have the whole conversation. And even if you have some kind of STD or STI, um, you are allowed to have the dignity of discussing your sexual past in a way that makes you feel comfortable, full stop. So, like, that's, like, my overall umbrella thing. Um, I've been married for... Ten and a half years, and I have to tell you, I don't know what my number is because I don't remember because I haven't had to talk about it in a long time. And and it's actually to the point now where I'm like, did I sleep with that person? Like I don't remember because it was so long ago, and I don't know if that says something about me or whatever. No, no, I think a, a lot of people are in that same boat. Right, like I don't know if I I I I, I could like estimate. But I don't know if that makes me sound a certain way. But anyway, you are entitled to share your sexual history in a way that makes you feel loved, cared for, and empowered. Full stop. I don't care how old you are, what you're doing. Um, I do think that you should feel comfortable saying, um, discussing what you want to say. Like, I feel like you should feel comfortable saying, um, the past is the past. You are my present. You're the only one I care about. Like, I'm, you know, and, and answering... Um, any questions he may have in a way that you feel comfortable. Like, I don't feel like he should control what you want to share and not share. Um, but I do think if he has questions that you should be open to answering, um, to the best of your comfort level, those questions. Like, I think that it's an important, um, conversation to have with someone you're intimate with, uh, to the best of your comfort level. Does that make sense? It does. And, and to, sort of expound on that i feel like uh i would ask why he needs that info and what he expects to come from it right like does answering something like this make him feel closer to her or that they don't have any secrets or that he has insight into their life before the other person because many times that kind of info gets used against you in the future 
right. in an argument. So I, I just feel right. like that that to me is a red flag because that sets a bad precedent. Anything that happened before and anything that happens uh, is it, that's your relationship. I, I, I just don't understand how that how how anybody could kind of feel insecure. So they're like, yeah, I we all have our experiences. This is yours now. Right. Right. Like, I, I just don't, I don't know that anything productive comes from that. Well, and so, like, again, I, I have, there's a lot of questions I have about the situation. And, and uh, like, one of the things I would say is if his questions are very specific and they're about people and specific people, I don't think that that's very healthy. I do think, like, to thy own self be true. Like, you don't owe anybody anything, but, like, check in with yourself. Like, what mm-hmm. is it that is making me uncomfortable about this line of questioning? And if it's somebody who you um, want to build a long time, a long-term relationship with, then you have to consider what's making you feel uncomfortable. And if you don't feel comfortable speaking up for yourself in this situation, that's a red flag to me. Um, and so that should all be taken into consideration when looking at it, if that makes sense. The things that I thought about after reading the letter was, one, what if he is less sexually experienced than she is? So there's an, probably an insecurity there. But uh, number two is mm. just a, about, you know, like a woman's autonomy mm-hmm. and the Madonna whore com- complex. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like you're only, like you were only supposed to be a sexual being with me. And did you do this with him? It's like. It's yeah. such a slippery slope when you start asking these questions. It's best to just let it be. And I've, right. I and I've gone to, I've gone out to dinner and to things with couples who very like openly discuss like their previous relationships or like what they didn't like about the person they dated before. And I'm always just like, ugh, ugh, you guys are talking, you guys are are really talking about a former situation yeah. a little too much. Like it's yeah. in the air and it should. Yeah. Be. Yeah. No, and that's exactly what I'm saying, though, is you need to check in with yourself about how it makes you feel. And if any of this makes you feel uncomfortable, like, that's, it. let that inform what you, what your choices are with this person. Because, mm. um, yeah, that's, that's it. Well, good luck out there. Uh, Yvonne. Yvonne. And, and thank uh, you. Thank you for um, writing us. And, and trusting us with your problems. <laughs> look, I don't want that trouble. <laughs> right? I'm good. I, I'm good. I'm good. I would just be like... <laughs> Well, now you are, now you with me. So what you want to do? Right. Don't worry about where I dipped this stick before. Now you totally. with me. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want me to continue measuring, <laughs> you know what, right. Ruby, but I, I'm exasperated. It's time for this week's good word. Can you send us home with something inspirational and, and stop it with me and my foolishness? This week's quote comes from T.S. Eliot. I've been thinking a lot about you and I as the fall wears on, how like overwhelmed we've been about some of our creative endeavors and our work being really busy. And so T.S. Eliot says, quote, if you aren't in over your head, how do you know how tall you are? Wow. That's a good way to look at it because you got to stretch. Yeah. And if you don't know where your edge is, how do you know that you're working your hardest and you're doing your hardest? And I, I think that it's a scary place to push yourself past that. So uh, I wanted it to be a little bit of encouragement to you, Cody Seaton, because I think you're taller than you know. And um, I love you. And I think you can do whatever you set your damn mind, mind to. Um, so that's all I had to say about the good word this week. Well, thank you so much, Ruby. I appreciate that. And uh, I hope this week is good to you as well. Everyone, thank you for rocking with us for yet another installment of The Swirl. 
We love our pod squad, Justine and Tim. You can find us on all of the social channels at Squirrel Podcast. Send us your Q&As, your listener clapback, squirrelpodcast at gmail.com. And you guys know the deal. The party doesn't end. It just relocates. We'll see you soon. I'm going to go make myself a peanut butter jelly and banana sandwich. Right?